I have always said that I wish I had a psychology degree because it is essential to work with your feelings, desires, mindset, and other aspects of mental health to be successful on your journey to health, to be the best you that you can be within your day, to show up as your best self. Today, I bring you a brilliant guest that blends the study of food, body, and psychology together. She wants our listeners to end the food and body wars so they can finally experience body peace. What did that word just do for you? Did your shoulders relax? Did you get excited about the idea that body peace can even happen? Or maybe you feel like, yeah, that could work for someone else, but that will never happen for me. Hmm. If this topic intrigues you, I'm excited for you to stay tuned as I introduce you to our body peace coach, Nina Mandelson. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I want to change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction, Not Perfection. Happy Podcast Friday. Welcome to episode 181, Body Peace Part 1 with Body Peace Coach Nina Mandelson. I want to introduce you to someone who feels the same way I do about what it takes to reach our ultimate health needs. Nina and I believe that it's the whole picture. You need nutrition, fitness, and mental health. Nina is a body peace coach. She holds many certifications in the health and wellness field, such as a holistic health coach, psychology of eating coach, and teacher. She has a master's degree in clinical mental health counseling and psychology. She blends the study of food, body, and psychology together. Today, Nina will share with us her passion about helping women end the food and body wars so they can finally experience body peace. She will teach us how to be an authentic, respectful, and caring relationship with food and our body. Welcome, Nina. Thank you, Lindsay. I am delighted to be here with you. Well, we're not going to be able to stop talking today because we have so much in common. I know. It's good. Oh, and you bring in this therapy piece and this calming piece to things that I just hope and wish and pray for the women in our community to hear today. So let's just start with your background because you do have this therapy background that has brought you into this body peace coaching land. So kind of walk us through that. Yeah. So actually, even before I became a therapist, I was a body worker. So I literally had my hands on women every day. Mm -hmm. And 
with that experience, I was like, wow, there are a lot of emotions in here and a lot of memories in here and a lot of beliefs in here. And our body is full of much more than muscles and blood and tendons and all of that. We are way more than biology. There's a huge emotional somatic experience that's happening inside of us, right? So that brought me to becoming a therapist because I went to my supervisor and I said, I feel like I'm doing therapy with people. And she Mm -hmm. said, you are. Mm -hmm. So then I went back, became a therapist and was like, okay, this is now going to solve not only other people's problems, but my problems, especially my problems with my relationship with food and body, because I'd been struggling my whole life. But sort of like everything else, it was only one piece of the puzzle. And still, I had a lot of unwanted eating. So then I went back to school for nutrition. And then I started pulling those pieces together, the somatic piece, what's happening? How do we feel in our body? What do we feel emotionally? What are our beliefs, the psychological aspect? And then also, of course, what we eat matters, the nutritional aspect, right? What works for our body? There I have a a phrase that I love that I've used for years, which is love the food that loves you back. Like what's the food that makes you feel fantastic. That makes you have that yummy hum inside. But so it wasn't until I put all of those together that I was like, Oh, this is what is making a difference for my relationship with food and body. This is cracking open this kind of, it felt like this mass that was just impenetrable, right? I felt like I had tried all these things to get through the problem of my eating. And when I really walked through sort of the somatic, the psychological, the nutrition together, what I call the nourishment dynamic, then I was like, oh, this is starting to melt away. And that's when I started to be able to see what body piece really was and what it felt like and what it looked like and how to actually get there. This is so interesting, Nina, because I feel like you're describing perfectly what I think a lot of health professionals run into, if not all. You know, you talk to the personal trainer who's going, I just wish I had the nutrition component. I was the dietitian who went back and got my personal training license because I was like, I wish I had a little bit more of the fitness component. And I always say, I wish I would have double majored in psychology and dietetics. And I think doctors feel that way with nutrition. So to your point, it's, it's all of it. And we have to be really open-minded to letting it all in. And we were starting to talk about this off mic too, but just not beating down that same door of like, I'm just going to do fitness to try to get to where I want to be, or I'm just going to do nutrition. We beat down this one door and it just, just brings to mind for me that that's really what the food struggles are. The body struggles. They are a doorway right? And their doorway, when we say, okay, I'm struggling with this, how do I open up to this is what we're asking is how do I open the door to what's behind what's going on, right? It's really important to know that it might look like the problem is what I just ate. But the problem actually is a much bigger issue. It's a cultural issue. It's how we've dieted for centuries issue. It's, you know, a belief system issue. It's a 
the hormone issue. There's so many issues baked in. And when we keep going, oh, if I could just change what I eat, then all would be well. And it's not that simple. And we do need to look at our issues of food and body as a doorway into our deeper issues. What are our longings? What are our desires? What are our needs? What are our default feelings when life gets hard for us, right? So there's just more in there is what it brought up when you said, oh, you know, we beat down this doorway is actually we want to open that doorway and say, oh, there's more in here. Yes. And so I'm picturing the listener going, okay, I can picture the doorway now. I can picture that I need to open it. And then I think that's where the like, a little bit of the anxious feelings come in the anxiety. They're like, I hear you, but I don't even know that first step I walk through. And then what walk us through that. Yeah. 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 So what's so great is like that moment of, so I hear you, but I don't know what this means. So I'll tell you exactly what this means. This means you're starting to have a relationship with your body. That's what it means. It doesn't mean, oh, I'm going to walk through and I'm going to start stepping on this body peace path and I'm going to like trippity trip, trip, trip. And I'm going to be like, I'll go through A, B, C, D, E, and then ta-da, I am at the final destination. That's just not, we know that's not how life works. We know that, right? We want it to. (laughs) We want it to. We desperately want. And that's actually what the diet industry sells us. Oh, just do this for seven days and you'll lose seven pounds, right? That's the, let me get on the path and I don't have to think and I don't have to feel and I just do and poof, I get sent out on the other end of the conveyor belt, all fixed. But again, that's just not real life because our issues with food and body are are dense. So when we step through that door, what we're stepping into is, and the authentic, real, sometimes challenging, sometimes wonderful relationship with our own body. That's the core of this work. Just like when I'm on an airplane and people say, so what do you do? You know, I can say body peace coach and people look like, what is that? Right. So what I often say is, well, I'm like a couple's counselor, but instead of a woman coming to me with their partner, they're coming to me with their body. So we're working on the relationship between them and their body. And that's exactly what this path is. How do you create a relationship that feels like an allyship, like we're buddies, we're friends, I'm on your side. What do you need? How can I support you? I'm listening. I'm tuning in. I'm caring for you. Mm. Wow. Again, you're so good with these visuals. These to, to say it is like couples counseling. I think that that person can go, I need that. Like, I, man, that's, that's my clientele. Biggest part of the battle is the brain and our self-talk and we can hear that our self-talk needs to change, but then we can walk right back out the door and say the next mean thing to ourselves. So, so that mean thing, oh my gosh, the, I call her the mean mirror voice. Yeah. So that mean voice, when you're talking about first steps, even noticing that mean voice is very powerful. 
don't underestimate, like say, well, I'm just still talking mean to myself, but don't underestimate the power of going, oh, and there's a mean thought. And there's a mean thought. Oh, and there's another mean thought. Oh my gosh. And counting them. How many? And would I talk to anyone else this way? Right? The more we can catch it, right? This is when we get into neural pathways, right? So neural pathways being the way that our brain works. And one of the things we know from neuroplasticity is that we can change that, but we can't necessarily change the way I think about neural pathways, speaking of visuals. So I grew up in Montreal, winter Olympics was like our religion. So you'd always see luge runs, right? It's like those really high tech uh, sleds that go down like for six seconds at like a million miles an hour. So that's our brain with the neural pathway. So a lot of women have that experience when they look in the mirror and the, without even thinking, they're like, oh, my butt, oh, my thighs. They didn't think, oh, let me look at my butt. Let me assess my butt. Let me decide what I think about. It just happens, right? You're at the top of the illusion. Whoop, you're at the bottom of the hill without even thinking, feeling bad about yourself. That's the neural pathway. That's how our brain gets into that negative thinking. Now, one of the things about a neural pathway is we don't halfway down go, huh, maybe I'll take a turn here. That's not how a luge run works. It's already worn. It's, got, it's going down full speed. But what we can do is at the top go, oh, negative thought. And then, or negative comment. And then it goes down, but we saw it at the top of the hill. And then the more we can see that thought at the top of the hill, then we can go, wait a second, that's mean. And what would be a kinder thing to say right now? When you brought up that issue of our negative self-talk, there's so much power and it's so juicy in that realm of how we speak to ourselves. One of my clients once said, when she started unpacking it, she said, Oh my God, I have been in an abusive relationship for 30 years with oh. myself. Right. For 30 years. Like these are things that have been ingrained and that back to your point of these pathways are like so carved out that there is hope. Right. And I think that's what our listeners mm -hmm. need to hear today. Even when that it's that ingrained, we can still carve out new pathways. Yes. But it's just going to take some work. Yes. And it's, it doesn't have to feel like, oh my gosh, this is the hardest work. Like it's, it just doesn't, it can feel like, like this is challenging, but it doesn't have to feel like gruesome, like trying to drag yourself to the gym when you mm. don't like a gym, right? When, mm. if you don't like the gym, let's find something else that you do like, right? Walking into self-compassion doesn't have to feel like, like a chore being kind to ourselves shouldn't have to feel like work, right? It takes practice for sure, but it doesn't have to feel like onerous. Thank you so much for saying that. We are so used to feeling like anytime we're going to find success somewhere, we have to work so hard. It's the blood, sweat, and tears that have to come with it. And it doesn't to your point that, man, if we could look at a journey and go, 
we could have some fun with it. We're going to have to show up to it every day. It's not like we're going to a gym and having somebody work us out so hard that we're so sore we can't walk for the next three days type of feeling. (laughs) Right. You don't want to go back to that, right? You don't want to go back to that. Our relationship with ourself, we want it to feel good. We want it to feel, oh, I'm a fun person to be with. We want to actually be with ourselves instead of, oh, you, oh, that body that I have to get dressed with every day. Oh, no, not her. My clients talk about it living next door to their bodies, right? No, no. Like, let's live together. It's fun. We have move them in, right? Let's embody, let's inhabit our bodies because honestly, it's the only place we get to live this lifetime. Let's make it fun. And it's a question I actually been thinking about a lot, Lindsay, which is how many people don't enjoy being in their body, right? I was watching uh, my brother who's an athlete and, um, and he loves being in his body right? He is doing long distance swimming and crazy cross country and freezing cold. And he loves being in his body. So I was watching him and I was thinking about one of my clients and I was like, ah, here we go. How do we get to this place where it's fun? It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, this is a good place instead of, oh, the only way I can be in my body is to be managing her right? Oh, so I'm going to be in my body. So how many calories? How long do I have to work out? This feels like a chore. When do I? mm, 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 mm. That's not a relationship that's sustainable. It does. It's no fun. What did you come to with this conclusion? I'm kind of dying to know, like, I love the research that (laughs) that was happening there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Often I get, like, I ask myself a question that comes up, like I'm seeing a lot. And then I let it sit there because I was also just to add to the process of how I'm thinking about this. I started this new fitness thing where I have this, this, it's called a flow rope and I'm, I'm really bad at it. I, I, pun intended, I roped my son into doing it with me. So we go outside, swing this rope around and I'm strangling myself half the time, whipping my legs. And I'm like, wow. And then I'm like, wait, how do I relax and enjoy the process of being not very good at this? Right. Mm-hmm. And he said something, my son does martial arts. He said, oh, you know, mom, we're white belts at this. We're just beginners. So you do it, you do it over and over and over. So I was like, okay, so there's the practice, but how does this practice be fun instead of me giving myself a hard time that I'm so bad at it? So there we're back in this question of how do we make it possible to inhabit our body in a fun way? Mm -hmm. One is humor. The more I can laugh at myself while I'm swinging this thing about, it makes it a little bit better. Two, company. Company really helps having someone to go with. Uh, Over the course of my work, I used to work only individually because I was trained as a therapist and more and more, most of my work is with groups of women. Having company helps. It reduces the shame. So when I'm out at a public park swinging my little flow rope around, I'm not super embarrassed because 
I got my son doing company. There's company and there's company. Shame can't exist, right? Brene Brown always says this. Shame can't exist in darkness. The shame can't exist there when I'm out in public and laughing and with someone else. So on one hand, how do we inhabit our body? We make it fun. We make it light. We bring company into it. But on the other hand, we also do some healing. Where was the part of me that thought that I had to be good at all physical activity? I was brought back to gym class where we had those ridiculous ropes that I could not get myself up, you know, from the floor. And I had friends who were like hiking themselves up. And I was like, uh, not happening. So there's a place in there to heal some of the old wounds about what it is to be in a body. Some of our old wounds are gym classes. Some of them are dance classes. Some of them are sexual predatory behavior, right? Big trauma, little traumas, walking down the street, being harassed because you were in a woman's body. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons why being in a body, a woman's body became not fun for us. And so we want it to re-inhabit we want to reclaim we want to make our body our own so that we can then step into this relationship of caring of nurturing of peace Mm, such a good answer which makes me want to ask you this because all right when a, a client of mine would come in and feel like their initial goal is weight loss but then with years of work together I, as a provider, can see all this mental change going on, you know, to your point of maybe being able at the top of that isolation, they're finally stopping and seeing where their Mm -hmm. self-talk is coming. They're changing, they're shifting. There's all these things that are happening that are positive, 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 but the weight might still only be fluctuating or down a few pounds. What is some of your talk with your clients around all the success that they may be having from a mental shift standpoint, but not a physical yeah. big change, not a biggest loser change that we yes, get all the accolades yes. for. Uh, yeah. The biggest loser change, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things we have to do in that, first of all, is unpack this myth of thinness, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that thinness is what's going to be the answer, right? And I'm not saying we don't ever want thinness. People want thinness. You can want richness. You can want, you know, Hawaii. You can want whatever the heck you want to want, right? So I'm not saying you don't get to want thinness, but let's look at what that actually means, right? Because when I say, oh, I want to lose weight, what else is going on under there? What am I really wanting, right? Am I wanting to be agile in my body? Am I wanting to be attractive? Am I wanting to fit into clothes that I have in my closet? Am I wanting um, just to feel more powerful when I walk into a room, right? And then, so if that's what I'm wanting, let's go for those things. Let's go for fitting into clothes that you feel fabulous in right? Let's get clothes that fit your body. Let's go into, let's get into how do you walk into a room and feel good about yourself and not be comparing yourself to every single woman, right? Because the reality is, is our body is going to change. You can say, I want to keep getting thinner. I want to keep getting thinner, right? And that's living in what I call the past body or a future body. 
we want to live in our current body because our current body is where we can actually care for ourselves. We care for ourselves today, not tomorrow, not yesterday. So when we go, oh, if I could just lose weight for that wedding, I just want to lose the 15 pounds for that wedding. What we're doing is actually creating a pattern now of deprivation, of restricting food in the hopes that that future body will feel better. But what we're creating actually is a system of a diet cycle. Because as soon as we get into the deprivation, most of us who have dieted have had this happen once or twice, um, right? We get in, we start, okay, I got this new plan. Great. Now I'm losing weight. Fantastic. Oh gosh, I just want to eat a bagel. Just give me a bagel, but I'm on this diet. No, 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 no. I just want to eat like a regular person. No, 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 no. Oh, I can't stand it anymore. I'm busting free from this diet. I'm going to eat what I want to eat. Now, oh my gosh, I feel so guilty. I can't believe I broke the diet. I feel such shame. I did it again. See, I'm broken. What's the matter with me? And now we're back to, let me find a solution. Oh, look, here's another new diet that's around. And around and around we go. So we think in this current let me lose weight, let me go on this new plan, we're going to shift the future body. And we are, we're just making sure that that future body will be continuing on diet cycles forevermore. Right. And I could listen to you all day. And I think it's so good for my community to hear you speak on all of this because we do, we both speak the same language and sometimes it's the day in which we hear the message and sometimes it's the way in which the message is told. And I feel like you're doing such a beautiful job of just giving people new ways to, to approach this. I think that we can say we're ready to jump off the diet train, you know, or we know that it needs to be small changes that ultimately equal the bigger successes. There's so much knowledge. And then it's like, it's how do you stay in the in that good brain space to your point of going, I know what I'm fighting for. I know that I want to feel good in my clothes when I walk out the door. But when I hit that, that moment where I do walk in and I do judge myself against another person, it's like we need that coach or we need that person to bring us back and say, no, 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 here's what you want. This is your desire. This is, and I can just picture your clients walking through your door going, I'm in a safe, good place right now. Yes. There's that feeling of good friend from high school who is wearing a string bikini in Tahiti with a caption that says, just lost a hundred pounds on keto. And suddenly you were like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling really Zen in my body. I feel relaxed. I'm not buying into this diet culture, but now, oh, maybe I should do that too. And we're back into body management in two seconds flat. Right. So it's not that life doesn't impact us. That's an important thing to realize. Like we will be impacted by the photoshopped billboards, by the diet ads that are coming fast and furious, by the whole rhetoric around summer bodies and being bikini ready and beach ready. We will feel that. That is a 72 billion dollar diet industry trying to get us to get back onto a diet and to Mm -hmm. say, "Mm -mm, I see you. I see what you're trying to do. 
if we can zoom up for a second and not just from, I see what you're trying to do, which is get me back on a diet and have me keep going in disordered eating for the rest of my life. But I also see what you're trying to do and have done to women since the beginning, which is diminish our power. We have way more important things to do than count calories and put food on scales and figure out grams. Like, really? We have better things to do. And we can do that when we claim our body and feel like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm comfortable in my skin. I'm good this way. Yes. So again, like hope story here for anyone going, I'm trying to shift that direction. Like, do you have a specific, I guess yourself too. I mean, you've said that you've really come out of this. What's your hope story? Where was your like, Oh, I'm different. I'm recognizing I'm, I'm different. I watch it because it's not like I'm, I'm immune to the world at large. So uh, we have a family wedding coming up and I could watch in my head go, Oh, Uh oh, wedding. And my mind was like, oh, like years of that, you know, going, oh, should I diet for the wedding? What am I going to wear to the wedding? Who will be at the wedding? Will they judge me? Right. All of that stuff. Right. How will the pictures turn out? And the way I've know, I know I've changed is all of those thoughts come up and I'm like, thanks for sharing. I'm going to have breakfast now. Yes. Oh, that's so good. It's like, okay, so you're an old neural pathway that made it that somehow my self-worth was the size of my body. Mm-hmm. Me showing up at that wedding, my worthiness is not my size. My worthiness is who I show up as. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know the women that you work with and the women that I work with, these are amazing women who have had full lives, who are giving, who are doing, right? We need to start zooming out and seeing our worth way beyond how much we weigh, which gets me into the other thing about scales. If you're still weighing yourself, stop. Get off the scale. It does not help. All you're doing every day is saying, am I allowed to feel good or should I feel bad about myself? I don't know how much research you've done on me, but um, I call myself a scale smashing dietitian because (laughs) I got on a kick of like, you know, I'm seeing all these wonderfully, beautifully made women let that scale define them and taking sledgehammers to scales and I feel like I've I've come off of it a little bit because sometimes I can see a place where it can come in or not. But I lean your direction so much more than where I can see it benefiting anyone. So again, we're very we're very in line, very aligned on that one. Yes. There's a, a poem if you're interested. So one of the things that I do is I write body poems. So I write poems about our relationship with our body. And one of the poems that I uh, wrote was called, Please Don't Weigh Me. Can I read it to you? I would love it. Yes. Okay. And this is in response to both my experience and to clients' experience going, but I have to go to the doctor. 
what do I do? Right. And how, what do I say to them if I don't want to be weighed? And I feel triggered every time I get weighed. Like, what do I do here? So I wrote this poem. It's called, please don't weigh me. She asked me to hop on the scale. I said, no, thank you. She said, we'd like to get a baseline for your health since you're a new patient. I said, I don't subscribe to the belief that weight determines health. There are more powerful metrics that paint a picture of my vitality. Another day, she asked me to hop on the scale. I said, no, thank you. She said, we're a surgical practice and we need your weight to determine anesthesia dosages. I said, of course, if I need to have the surgery, I'll get on that scale. But right now we're just having a conversation about the possibility of surgery, not actually prepping for it. Another day, she asked my daughter to hop on the scale. I said, no, thank you. We don't weigh ourselves. I know that your mission is to support healing, but your scale and you weighing my daughter is not healing. It's harmful. It buys into diet culture's message that thin is better, that there's a specific number that we're aiming for. Your scale interrupts my daughter's ability to trust her body. Your measurements have her measuring her self-worth against a number. I'm fighting for my ability to listen to my own body cues. I am desperately trying to defend my daughter from the impact of a culture that values a particular size over substance. I am advocating for women to have a relationship with their body that is based on internal cues, not external numbers. Given my history of dieting, and scale addiction, if you weigh me now, you will be doing harm to my mental health instead of supporting my overall health. So please don't weigh me. Um, we need this printed off and put in every room, house, bathroom, wherever somebody goes and that temptation to jump on. It's so interesting because, because I've been so passionate in this area myself and you get this, I'm sure too, there's so much kickback from so many outside sources, but to have a, you come in and talk about it again, like reinvigorates my passion behind it. And anytime I've let up a little bit to go, no, I'm, I'm not doing justice to my clients, my, my patients, if I'm if I'm caving on this area. So thank you. Thank you for being so strong in this area. Cause it's somebody I know I can lean into mm. and pull those words. I have daughters that hits home in so many different areas for me. I was so mad that school nurse sent home a letter one day and was like, we're going to be weighing your kids and they will in their folders be bringing home their BMI and weight and what it means. And I literally like, kind of says I can't typing this. I'm sure the school nurse is like, Oh, what is wrong? You know, like, fine. We won't weigh your daughter. I'm like, it's not just my daughter. You are about to send all of these kids home with this piece of paper. They're going to have recess time with it. They're going to have school bus time with it. They're going to have so much time to process what they think they're reading about themselves way before a parent can intervene, a true provider can intervene. And even those people might not be speaking over them how they need to be speaking over them. Like I was just like, ah, I'm not okay with this. <laughs> it's really so. not okay. But And what you're saying is it's 
it's not just a interruption of diet culture. We're interrupting mental health intrusion, interruption, harm, right? Mm -hmm. when, when that number comes into somebody who has any idea of diet culture, it is impacting their mental health. Their mental health is being strained because they're suddenly like, oh, I'm not good enough. And there's no number that's good enough. That's the problem. It's not like, yeah. oh, great. Now, excellent. You're this number, fine, tick. Now what? So now you're supposed to stay that number forever. I hear that a lot from clients. Oh, I was the right weight when I was 18. Wait a second. So now we're always trying to get to 18 because somehow that was the right number. And the reality is, is bodies change. That's the experience of aging. That's the experience of life cycles. That's the experience of seasons. That's the experience of injury, illness, COVID, a million things. Bodies change. It is what we do. And so to say, here's the right number is taking something that is inherently organic and changing and trying to make it static. Yeah. Right. It just it, doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't work. And I feel like your poem, as well as everything that you were just talking about, hones in on the fact that it undoes the work. If somebody's been doing the work to get to those better mental places, that scale and that hot minute can undo weeks worth, years worth of work. And mm -hmm. that's what I witnessed in my hospital scenario is that, you know, I could have been working with a patient for a month and we're finally getting to some good, kind words, better emotional place. And they come back to me and they're all of a sudden super upset. And sometimes it's because they had seen the doctor gotten yep. weighed and the doctor had a different message than I had. Yes. The doctor had a don't eat, you know, message. And I'm like, Oh, we're all in the same facility and we're undoing each other's work. It just, the undoing yeah. is what the scale. So thank Absolutely. you for. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I can see that often, right. I'll see it too. I'll have a client who's doing really well, listening to her body cues, able to to unpack hunger, satiety, fullness, able to respond to those body cues, able to speak kindly, able to feel at home getting dressed in the morning. Then she goes to the doctor and the doctor weighs her, gives mm. her a hard time and says, you need to lose weight. Mm. And then she's like, well, well, should I, should I start doing something? Like maybe I should start a diet. I'm like, well, wait a second here. Right. Again, to me, that doctor's prescription of just lose weight is a very lazy default. It's there's something going on we need to address. There's some metrics that I'm concerned about. Let's deal with that. Right. I'm not dismissing that we want to feel well and vital. Absolutely, we do. But then let's look at those metrics that we want to go for. If we want to go for stable blood sugar, let's go for stable blood sugar. We want to go low blood pressure. Let's work on that. Yeah. But weight loss is not the catch-all for all of those things. And the reality is 
and I know you know this, right? 95% of people who go on diets gain their weight back, if not more in two to five years. So if a doctor is saying lose weight, wait, what are you saying? Go on a diet that doesn't work so that then we can have more of these conversations for the next 30 years? No, there is another way. And that way does include feeling good. That way does include taking care of oneself. But that way does not include buying into this idea that restriction is the way or managing one's body, feeling really like in this angry relationship with self all the time. That's not, it's not sustainable. I've had actually more than one client come to me in their 60s, 70s, 80s and say, I just don't want to die hating my body. We should not be hating our body. I think that has caught me off guard a couple of times as well when I'm working with a 70 year old who's still struggling with some eating disorder tendencies. Because I think when we're younger, when we're in our 20s or 30s, we feel like age will cure, age will Yes. bring the the wisdom needed no like we have to work on this or it's it's real forever and all i can think is how lucky that client is too if they have that doctor's visit that starts to undo something and then they have their next visit with you cuz then there's this stopping point like yes we backslid a little bit but there you were and then we just shift that momentum back the other direction and all i can think are the people who don't have a you who don't have a community who now they're just in their own head through that process so walk me through i hate this we're going to round up but we're doing we're going to do more together what's the best way to reach out and have a resource like you in their back pocket Yeah. So the best, I would say, starting point is on my website, which is ninamandelson.com, or you can go to Body Peace with Nina, is a journal. It's called Practicing Body Peace. And it's a journal and it includes some of my poems, but next to each of the poems, uh, is um, the questions. And they're questions really, they're relationship questions, they're therapy questions. They're questions to get, to invite you to start going, hey, how is this relationship going? Where am I with this relationship? To start unpacking it. So I highly recommend just picking up that free journal. You can print it out. It's really pretty. Um, There's space to write in it. And you can also write directly on your computer with it. It's set up both ways. But what that does is start a conversation with yourself. Because as as we talked about in the beginning, that's the most powerful thing you can do is start going, this is a relationship. And I don't know that it's the relationship that I want yet but it can be. So the way that I'm going to do it is start actually creating a dialogue with myself and my body. So that'll get you started in that way. And if you want to talk to me, reach out to me, you can find my contact info on my website as well. And I will put the direct link to your journal and website in our show notes. So that'll make it easy for everyone. You've already said so much, but I do ask all my interviewed guests this question. If you could wrap your arms around our listeners today, if they're kind of in a frazzled place and they only could hear one thing out of what you were talking about, what, what do you hope and pray that they heard out of you today? That you can feel at home 
in your own body. That it is your birthright to feel good in your own skin. There's a French saying that I grew up hearing called je me sens bien dans ma peau. It means I feel good in my skin. And that's what is possible. And that's what I want for everyone. Me too. Oh, Nina, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today. Such and a my- delight to be with you, Lindsay. Such a delight. I promise to our listeners who will have seen your photo as well as anybody on YouTube watching is we're going to talk about your gray hair in the next episode because it's gorgeous and people are going to be like, all right, what'd she do and how'd she get there? But they'll have to stay tuned. (laughs) Fun, 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 fun. Thank you for listening today. Whether you are working with me personally or just letting these podcasts speak into your life, I truly appreciate you trusting me on your journey, and I will always have some free materials waiting for you on my website at healthaccountabilitycoach.com. I have habit trackers, meal planning worksheets, blank calendars where you can track your daily successes. Come check it out and always feel free to reach out if you need any referrals, if you are seeking your own accountability, or if you just want to say hello and provide your beautiful insight and feedback. I appreciate your valuable time and listening ears. This topic served any purpose for you or you can picture that exact person who needed this. I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2022 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate it when you leave a review on iTunes and rate the podcast. I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open-minded to new information, keeping that open mind to the idea that our journey will look different now, five years from now, slow and steady, y'all. It's not always instant gratification and not always that exciting, but a much gentler and redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all the years and every season of life. Cheers to health and happiness.